you wanna be healthier and more fit, but you're so busy running your business or being a leader or doing your job that you really never have time to get healthy and fit, then this episode is absolutely for you. This is for everyone. Today I had the pleasure of sitting down with my buddy, Cole Taylor of The Starting Line, where we talked everything fitness, wellness, mindset, identity, entrepreneurship, and how we as leaders can really have it all when we choose to become the person that we wanna be and we choose to prioritize the things that are important to us. So banish your excuses that you're too busy to take care of your health and your body and your well-being and tune in and listen to this episode, my conversation with Cole Taylor. All right, what's up guys? I'm here with my buddy Cole Taylor of The Starting Line. We're gonna dive into health and wellness, fitness, business, and much more. So Cole and I met, uh, man, I guess it was December, about six months ago, at an event out in Utah for Revolt. And uh, it was awesome, got to see him speak, got to see him pour into the audience, got to experience a little bit of what he trains on and, and helps people level up with. So happy to have him on because I think this is something, I know this is something that everyone can use some leveling up with in terms of like how to be more optimized with your health and, and how that translates into being an effective entrepreneur and leader in all areas of life. So what's going on, my man? How are you? What up, Joseph? It is good to be here. Honored to be on the show. Uh, hopefully can add some value to the crew listening today. Yeah, no hope. No hope. We're going to make it happen. So give the audience a little bit of a background, who you are and uh, what you do and why you do it, most importantly. Sure. Yeah. So I uh, was went from being a college athlete to... So I played Division One football and then went straight from getting a business degree playing football into full-time pastoral ministry. So I was a pastor at a church. I thought that was the best way I could make an impact on people. So I, I grew up in a family of pastors, a uh, family of church planters, and uh, that was just kind of the the road ahead of me of like, hey, you know, if I want to make an impact, that's what you do. I very quickly realized that while that was very fulfilling and awesome, there was a lot more that I wanted to do um, in two reasons. One, I didn't like making $30,000 a year and working 80 hours a week. That's not fun. But more on the internal side is there's things that I wanted to talk about that you don't really as a pastor. Uh, you know, Playing college sports, I had personal training and nutrition certifications. Uh, and I had a passion for business too. I was actually getting my master's. And I realized like, hey, there's some other stuff that I want to talk about, not just your faith, but the other areas of life as well. And so that led me to starting a coaching business uh, focused on health because I believe your fitness is the foundation. If I can fix how I feel, how I perform, the energy that I bring, it translates into every other area. Um, and so that led me to starting that. And now me and my business partner have helped over 50,000 people now just see incredible results in their health and fitness. Um, and how that you know leads into acceleration in the other areas of life is really cool to see. Wow, fifteen thousand—that's freaking impact. That's that's awesome. That's yeah, incredible. It's cool. Yeah, it's a it's a you know I like to look at it as someone coming from being a pastor as this is just the the ministry I do outside of the church. And so I look at the coaching we do as just another way to impact and change lives because to me it's not about the abs and the biceps. Those are cool uh, for the ladies that want a big butt. Like the the new body change is cool, but it's. The stuff that we hear of, you know, dads being able to play with their kids more or the energy they have to show up to their family better and the 
you know, the relationships that are improved because of that, like, you know, that stuff is what's fulfilling or even just people saying like, Hey, I got off my blood pressure medication or my doctor said, I'm, you know, not at risk for diabetes or heart issues anymore. Like that's the stuff that we do it for. And so for me, it's just another really cool opportunity to make impact on people's lives. Yeah, dude, those things hit home for me. Like that's, you know, I like to be fit. I like to be lean. I like to, you know, look good at the beach and all that, like anyone else, but really it's more about like feeling the best I can feel when I wake up and, and all day and having energy for, for my business, for my kids, family, like everything. And so everything I do is kind of like to, for that goal, you know? So you, uh, you know, you know what those, uh, those pain points are. Well, so. It's it's so important. And I think most people try to get motivated by the other things and there's nothing wrong with wanting looking great. Like I, of course I want to look good. I want abs. I want to, I want people to compliment me on my body. Like it's a, that's a positive thing. There's nothing selfish about that. It's just people want to feel and look good. But if that's the only motivation, it's never going to be enough of a why to drive people. Um, you know, you're going to have to rely on willpower for that to happen. Uh, I believe that why power is way stronger than a willpower. And for people to actually get those lasting results, it can't be just a physical drive. It's got to be those things we talked about. It's like, I, I want to be around for my kids. I want to be the best version of me. I want to have the energy I need to, you know, show up today, but also make the impact I'm called to. And when that's the goal, the abs and the biceps are looking good, just be kind of, they become a byproduct of that. But if, the abs is the goal, then it never happens. So you got to focus on the internal stuff and let that why drive you more than just the physical stuff. Man, that's so true. And I couldn't help but think about, as you're talking about that, the parallel to business, right? Like money not being the primary why, you know, maybe that is when you first start out, but like, if you really want to be significant and make an impact, like it needs to be about something more than money. And then money becomes a byproduct of providing value and really helping people. So that's really cool how you draw that parallel. There's so, so many parallels we could talk about with business and fitness. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of from, from my perspective, that seems to be your specialty, right? Like you guys work with like high performing entrepreneurs or um, don't let me put words in your mouth, but like who is like an ideal client for you guys and why have you chosen that? Yeah. We've helped a lot of people of, of all different walks of life. Uh, and that's with, you know, some of our less hands-on coaching. We provide resources and that's where, you know, the big numbers like 50,000 come from where it's, you know, less custom and more just uh, use our app, get workouts, get nutrition. But our main focus and really where we spend most of our time is people, like you said, it's entrepreneurs, executives, high level professionals, people that are not only very driven, but in my opinion, the people that really need this the most because they are the shortest on time and focus on other things, but they have the most opportunity to make an impact. And with that kind of weird dangling a balance of they tend to neglect it more, but they need it the most. It's, it's, we're really passionate yeah. about that. Yeah, that's perfect. Okay. And so what are some of the things that like, how do you engage with a, with a client uh, as far as your coaching services? Yeah. So as far as on the delivery side, we like to do what we call not just fitness coaching, but more health concierge. It's more than just workouts and meal plans. That, that is the foundation and that's what everybody needs to start. But once you've gotten those basic foundations for someone to really be able to perform better and get into overall health, you need more than just a, a meal plan and a workout program. You need you know, what we call ma uh, mindset and maximizers. So the fitness side is meals and movement. The health and performance side is mindset and maximizers. So I, if I'm going to really perform at my best, 
I need to dial in the internal side of things, which I could talk for hours about that. I'll, I'll spare you a, a 30 minute talk on that, but I need to make sure I have a winning mindset and the, the, the belief and identity of myself to actually maintain it. But second, that's where we get into the, what I call maximizers is the testing that we do, uh, the hormones, the gut health, the nutrient deficiencies. And so we basically take the fitness side of meals and movement and we add mindset and then a much deeper, deeper health concierge look of bringing doctors, nutritionists, dietitians, and trainers all together around the testing we do to fully customize a protocol for some, from someone to, you know, make sure they're not just getting abs and biceps, but becoming the best version of themselves. Wow. That's awesome. So I guess there's a lot of things. And I guess speaking of a personal experience, like I started to go through your guys' process a little bit and like I got busy and I fell off track. So <laughs> yeah. that's on me. But uh, I, you know, one, one of the conversations was around, you know, the gut health and getting your hormones tested and all your, I guess your blood work to understand like really what's going on. Cause like, you know, with, with my thing is like, I, I might be going through life, you know, I'm deficient in something or another and maybe I don't know. And of course I want to know that so that I can correct that. So like, is that pretty common for, for people? Yeah. So it's, it's everyone honestly is probably deficient because of the way our society is right now. Uh, the lack of nutrients in our foods or the amount of stress we live under or the la you know, lack of taking care of ourselves. Everyone has some sort of issues, some more than others. And so for us, you can only do so much with just a meal plan and, and movements. Those are great. And that's a great foundation. But if you're truly going to fix the, the roots instead of just fixing the fruit or, you know, pull up the whole weed instead of just the the top, you, you have to understand what's going on down there. Uh, and so understanding things like hormones um, is a massive piece. So, you know, for entrepreneurs that we coach, cortisol stress hormone is a massive thing that we see over and over, probably 95 plus percent of our clients. And the ones that don't have high levels is just they're weirdos and they just don't get stressed by anything. And <laughs> <laughs> who are those people? Yeah, who are those people? I don't know. They're superhuman. Uh, <laughs> but, but we see that. And most people like, they don't even know they have it usually because they're just so accustomed to, I'm a driven person. I'm always stressed. But what happens is those high levels of cortisol decrease your metabolism. They increase your appetite. Uh, they actually raise insulin resistance, your body's ability to process carbs and sugars. So all of those things are major red flags if you're trying to lose body fat or be healthier. And so stuff like that, understanding, hey, I've got an issue that I didn't even know about. If I can fix this, it makes everything else way easier. And maybe it's not like, I just need more discipline and I got to eat less and move more. Maybe I'm just not healthy on the inside. And if I could fix that, everything else kind of follows. And so data like that allows us to really fix the actual internal issue instead of just keep trying to throw a plan at it. Okay. Very interesting. All right. Yeah. You mentioned the word stress. And then like I, I commented the other day on, on your post about cortisol, that kind of like my, my ears perked up because here's, and I'm not like, I, I don't have the education about the stuff that you do, of course, but I, I feel it like, when I like, for example, when I go on vacation, my wife and I'll go on vacation or family vacation, right? Like, you know, we're indulging a little bit more in food and maybe having a couple of drinks here and there. And like, I usually come back from vacation, like leaner and like not as bloated. And, you know, we tend to be active on vacation too, uh, but I'm, we're pretty much always active. But like, I, I feel like it's because there's less stress and there's less cortisol. I don't know if that makes any sense at all, yeah, uh, but maybe does. just in my in my regular life, like I'm walking around with like this extra cortisol bloat, like whatever it is. And on vacation, it's just like, I don't know, it kind of goes away. 
No, it, it's a major factor. I think there's there's other things that play into it too, like the types of foods you ate, maybe the amount of water you drank, um, you know, the the less amount of time on your feet. Uh, you know, there, there's tons of things, but cortisol is probably the biggest driver of that. Of hey, I just allowed myself to actually rest, and then my body. Oh, I can take a breath and it stops like holding on for dear life. This happens to me all the time too, is I'm trying to lose weight, you know, lean up for something. And, you know, I just have made a goal to lose some body fat and I will stall out or stop seeing progress, even though nothing changed input wise. Like I'm eating the same things, working out the same, but it stalls out. And usually I'm like, okay, I probably need to just eat less and move more. Like I just, we got to get more aggressive. And our team is like, hold on, Mr high cortisol levels, you actually need the opposite right now because of the way we know your body. And so there's times where they'll make me eat more kind of like you did and move less. And because your body comes out of that stress state, it's not that oh. you, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's really honestly counterintuitive to what we think, but because it comes out of that stress state, it allows your body to actually start functioning properly and stop like sabotaging itself basically. Well, I'm not telling people to like, if you're not seeing progress, like just go shove your face and don't move. But if you're, <laughs> someone that's been, if, you, if you're someone that's been doing the work consistently and you, you stop seeing progress or you feel like you're working really hard, but you're not getting the results you want, it could be a hormone issue that's actually sabotaging a lot of the work you're putting in. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'll notice that like if I uh, you know, get more sleep, maybe on the weekends I'm catching up on sleep a little bit. Like I feel leaner. I look leaner. Like it's just that, that recovery that the body is like craving, right? That a lot of times I know that during the week, I'm not, I'm not giving myself enough, you know? Yeah. More is honestly, more is not always better. Like, you, you know, you don't have to work out seven days a week. Sometimes it's actually counterproductive. Uh, I, I'm a big proponent of always moving every day, of getting steps in and moving your body and stretching and you know making sure you're staying loose. But like, there's no reason you're killing yourself every single day unless you're an athlete that's training for something. You know, because there's actually a a line where athletic performance and overall health and feeling good diverge. Like up to a certain point, they're the same. But once you push past the line of like, I'm really going into performance versus I want to be healthy and sustainability, uh, they, they start to divert at some point. Because like the, the best athletes in the world aren't always the healthiest because they're putting their body in so much stress and vice versa. All right. So speaking of working out and, and all that stuff, like one of the biggest challenges I think that you probably hear all the time is like, man, like, or not challenges, but objections is I don't have the time. Like, how do I make time? To like, I don't have time to like be healthy. What is your, I'm sure you have a whole book on you know, how to overcome that. But like, there, there's a lot I could say, I think maybe, maybe I'll whittle it down to three things. One would be, it's not a time issue. It's a priority issue. Like if you really wanted mm -hmm. to do it, you, you would make it happen. And that's not me like bashing someone or knocking on them. Like I get it. I've been there before too, but until you realize how important it is, it's, it's not going to ever be something you have time for. Like, do you have time to go sit on the toilet for 20 minutes and scroll on Instagram. No, like, no, but you still find a way to do it because you, cause you like, you just, you made time for it as a priority for you. Your stomach hurt. Terrible example, but you get the idea. Like if, if it's important enough to you, you're going to go do it. Uh, yep. And so pri prioritization and realizing, Hey, like if I was healthier and if I felt good and if I could be around a lot longer, how important would that be to me? Well, once you can settle that inside of yourself, you'll make time. That's one. But two, I think a lot of hesitation our clients see on this is they they don't realize the effects it's actually going to have. They don't think it's that big of a deal. Like, ah, oh, if I don't work out for a couple of weeks, like it's not going to affect me that much. Uh, if I don't eat very good, it's not going to affect me. Like, I just don't have time for this. But 
it's almost like the concept of, you know, if you grew up a faith person, I, I, again, being a pastor, I, I often think of the Bible again, but the concept that the church teach, uh, teaches of the tithe of, hey, if I give this 10% to God, he can do way more with the 90% that I still have. It's the same thing with with fitness is like if I can like carve out just like a little bit of time to, to pour into myself and make sure I'm my best, the 90% I have left is way more effective than the 100% I was because I didn't feel good. So that, that's kind of a second perspective. But third, when it comes down to actually practical things, you just need to be able to not only prioritize it, but schedule it. Like it's, it's not that you don't have time. You just don't have control of your schedule. You're not choosing to make time. And so I, I encourage our clients for you know, working out, for example, to schedule it just like a business meeting. Like if you had a, a really important appointment at two o'clock every day, you'd be there for it because it was important and it was in your calendar. Same thing. If I prioritize this enough and I put it in my calendar as a recurring meeting, it's just a non-negotiable. I do it because I've scheduled it. And so there's lots of mindset piece to it, but at the practical side is just put it in the calendar and do it and have the discipline to stick to it. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I think my workouts are pretty routine, but they're in my calendar every day. So like, it's just, it is what it is. Right. And I just have to do it every morning. And there are times in my business early on years ago when I was like, consciously, I'd be like, all right, we're in a season of business right now. I just need to grind. I'm just going to neglect everything else and work 12 to 14 hours a day. And I totally get it. When you're first starting out, you know, those seasons are necessary, but as I've gotten, you know, older and maybe a little bit wiser, I, you know, my, I don't want to work that many hours, right? Like I just want to be more effective in the hours that I am working, having a wife and two kids, and I don't want to work more hours. So I need to figure out a way to be as optimized as possible. So I think the magic of this, you know, really shifted for me and we get a lot of our clients to see is instead of taking the mentality of like in this season, I'm just like, I'm all in on business and I can't do it. Uh, and I'm off a program or I'm falling off the wagon or whatever it was realizing like with your health, there's no on or off. It's just how much. And so once you set that standard of, Hey, like I will always act like a healthy person, some seasons way more, some less instead of I'm on or off, I think is a really healthy perspective shift. Because when you get in seasons like that, where it's like, I'm working 14 hours a day, I don't have time to go to the gym. That's okay. Like I, I understand that, you know, I'm choosing not to make time is even a better way to say that. And and you're okay with that, you can still do some things to keep you moving in that direction. Like instead of going to the gym, maybe it's, I just take some of my calls while I'm walking, like I'm getting steps in the day, or I have a treadmill desk here that I can, uh, I can raise my desk and walk while I'm getting work done. Or, you know, maybe it's, I'm at least doing some pushups when I wake up and I'm eating healthy food. Like you can still do something to move in that direction instead of it's all out the window and I'll get to it next year. Yeah, that's huge. That's like, I love challenging your assumptions, right? Like we all have the assumptions. I don't have time or I don't have time to go to the gym, but like just challenge those assumptions. Like maybe I do, maybe I can figure it out. Maybe I am someone like that personally. I'm like, Hey, if I can't do it, I don't like, if I can't do an hour, I don't want to just do 15 minutes, but Hey, maybe 15 or 30 is all I got. Cause I have an early yeah. flight or whatever. And I gotta, you know, I'm not just going to like, you know, like to chalk up a whole day to a rest day because I have a flight or something like that. Let's see what I can get in there. You know, it's the it's the all in all out mentality that kills most high achievers. That they always look at it as like a start and a stop, or I I'm either crushing it or I just throw it all out the window. But if you're going to be someone that not just wins once and gets a goal and falls off, but someone who is a dynasty type person where you're always winning. You have to have those standards of I'm at least moving in this direction. There's no on or off. It's, hey, I am choosing to not 
work out for two hours a day, that's fine. I'm going to at least go for a walk or I'm going to at least do something because that's who I am and I'm moving in this direction. Yeah. Identity. So that's why that's a big part of like what you, what you coach on. Yeah. Okay. What about motivation? That's a weird word. Like, can you motivate people or like, do you try to like extract from people what their why might be? Or like, how do you, I mean, I guess if someone's coming to you, they're, yeah. they're kind of, that they've got a seed of motivation, right? Like, sure. what do you do there? I think there's a lot of like word semantics that can be thrown around, like, you know, arguing the same thing just in different ways. But the way I look at it is like, you have to have some sort of deep internal why or that why power, that motivation for yourself for it to ever be lasting. Like you've, you know, I can give someone like a a jolt to get up to the starting line and and get and go, (laughs) but I can't sustain, like, I can't carry them. I can be a lighthouse and give them the direction, but I can't be the lifeguard to like pull them over the boat. Um, And so for, for, motivation's sake is like, I think a lot of times God uses my words or, you know, what we do to get someone to like get internally inspired to take a step, but for them to take more than one step to continue stepping, it's got to be an internal thing for them that they've decided within themselves of either this is who I'm going to be, or, you know, this is the why that I'm chasing this for. Like it's got to move from external to internal if it's ever going to be lasting. Got it. Okay. Trying to inspire them. Um, th- that makes, that makes complete sense. Yeah. For, again, from a business perspective, it's like, you know, we, we provide marketing training and business coaching. Like it's, you know, it's really hard to, to be invested in someone's success more than they are. Right. If they don't want it, if they're not going to like show up and do the work, it's like, man, there's only so much that we can do. Right. You can't, you can't eat the food. Like for us, we can't eat the food for them. We can't move, like we can't move their body for them. We can do every single thing else. Like I send them the food, it shows up at their house, but I can't make them do it. And so, you know, there's only so far you've got to decide within yourself that I'm willing to commit to the process. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, so, so speaking of that, like you send them the food, you help them like accountability. Uh, I think that you guys are like part of your concierge service is like, you know, helping pick out like restaurants, if an entrepreneur is traveling and things like that, which I thought was pretty unique. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about some of the, the ways that you are, provide that concierge service to your yeah. clients. Yeah. The, the goal is to do whatever we can to make life easy for them. So it doesn't have to be a continual discipline decision. It's just what my business partner calls is putting your routine on autopilot. Like it just happens for me and I just follow the system. Uh, That's the hope. Now, practically, that just depends on where someone is and what they need. But a couple examples are, you know, if I'm at home, having my prepackaged meal prep show at my house every week, or we send people's groceries to them every week via Instacart. So they have the resources they need, even supplements to, to take what they, you know, to, input in their body. Or, you know, if they're traveling, we can send Uber Eats to their office or we can send Uber Eats to their hotel. Like we can, we can fill those gaps. Or like you said, help them order from a restaurant, tell them, you know, you're going to these three places, here's what to order. Like the more that they don't have to think about it, the better. And we can kind of systematize that for them. Uh, other examples are we book, you know, appointments for them, whether it's a doctor's appointment or a gym pass at a, at a gym when they're traveling or, even adjusting their workouts to what's available. It's like, hey, I have a hotel gym. Awesome. We'll rebuild a workout for that. Or I don't have time to go to the gym. I'm going to do a bodyweight workout. I got 15 minutes in the morning. Awesome. We'll make something for you. And so that's kind of what the concierge looks like is their health executive assistant to just make their life easy so that all they have to do is run the plan and then they get on with their life. Man, that's so beneficial to our audience here, which is like the contracting industry where in general, people have more money than they do time. 
they need time, they need structure. The accountability can be huge, obviously, but like, man, there's people out there like listening to this, watching this. I know that you're busy. I know you think you don't have time, but this is something that like, it, it, like, like Cole said, you just put your routine on autopilot. You don't have to think about it. That's huge, right? We have that, that structure. So like, you know, you, you're in the airport and you already know, like you have your meal with you. Like you're not tempted to go stop at Chili's and stuff your face. Like we've all, we've all, we've all been there before, you know, um, we're all human, but like having more structure helps you make better decisions. Yeah. Well, it's, it's goes back to that phrase. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And if I don't have a structure for me, like even the stuff we can't do for someone, like it's a quick decision, like, Hey, you know, we don't have time to order something for them, but they're running through the airport and it's, uh, they have a little convenience store there. It's like us telling them what to do helps them not fail. It's because they already, the decision's made for them and all they got to do is do it. And so, you know, having someone there for you to just tell you what to do and systematize that for you removes all the, ah, maybe I should do this, but I really want the Cheez-Its or I really want the M&Ms. Like, no, you already were told what to get. Just do it. Did you do it? (laughs) Now, do people, do clients have to like, you know, do they log what they eat? So like they have to report if they do eat the Cheez-Its? Like, yeah. Uh, that that's the hope, um, and we we yeah. try to provide a pretty safe space. So it's like, hey, if you did just eat the cheeses, it's fine. Just let us know, and it's not that big of a deal. We can adjust around it, and we'll fix it. Because again, it's progress over perfection. But we're also there. It's it's kind of a like a, the truth and love side, where it's on the front end. We're going to tell you like, don't be a dummy. Eat the eat the, like eat the chicken we told you to eat. Don't get the ice cream. <laughs> but when they do it, it's like, all right, no big deal. Like this is a long game. Let's uh, the next two meals. We're just gonna you know, cut back on these two things and we're good. And so it's, uh, <laughs> we try to be the the stick and the carrot for them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tough role. Okay. What are some challenges, like common challenges that, you know, whether it's like when you first take clients on or like throughout the journey, um, that, that you see with busy entrepreneurs over and over again? Yeah. The biggest part is always what you referred to earlier is the identity piece. Um, and it's why we talk about it so much is all of our clients, in some capacity have the ability to be disciplined, the ability to be structured, the ability to work hard. That's why they have successful businesses. Um, So it's not a a question of discipline or of their ability to do something. And honestly, like it's not that hard to eat a food or to go decide to move your body once. Like those things themselves are never difficult, but it's the longevity that is really becomes the hard part for people. And it's why they've lost 20 pounds 20 times before. And so we end up running into the same problem they've ran into before is the person they are on the inside, the beliefs, the identity, the character at some point will start to come at odds with the thing we're trying to do. It's because that's why they've had the body they have at this point is because there's a belief system in there that's been programmed to like, either I'm not capable of this, or I don't have time for this, or I'm not the type of guy to be in shape or, you know, whatever that language is, we have to start to shift that identity because then the identity becomes the baseline of where they continue to act. And if we don't fix that, then they're always going to go back to where they were. And so that that's the hardest part we see, but it's also the most rewarding is when we can show someone, it's like, Hey, you know what? I am capable of this. I am that type of person. I am going to be healthy. I, I am better than what I have been in the past. And once they start to believe that, then that's where the real longevity happens. And you get guys like we've got a, <laughs> one of our longest standing clients is over 200 pounds lost now, like wild stuff happening because of that identity shift is when you can just continue and just keep getting back up and stay in the race. Like a lot happens and that requires take, becoming a new person. All right. That's awesome. I love that. Um, I, I read this statement on my phone. I have this in my notes every morning, my dynamic legacy. 
And like, I have a few I am statements in here and a couple of them are, and I read them out loud every morning. I am the example of discipline and consistency. And really like the example, like for me, it's like, I just want to be the best example for myself. Like I don't, it's not really for anyone else. Um, I am the picture of mental and physical health, like to myself. So I read those out loud every morning. So kind of frames my identity fresh every morning. So like if I am, you know, at the airport and I'm tempted by, you know, whatever, then hopefully those things are still in my mind. I'm making, cause I don't want to be, you know, out of integrity with like what I'm telling myself every morning. And if I do go, you know, cheat or go sit down at Chili's and have a, you know, 3000 calorie lunch, which is pretty easy to do at the airport. You know, I feel like I'm, you know, not being true to myself. Right. Yeah. So it's something that I, I preach a lot too is, and that's really the foundation of shifting your identity is really what you said of, I got to see the person I want to be. I got to visualize it. I got to vocalize it and I got to speak it out loud and start to put that in front of me. And so I can hear it. I can see it. I start to believe it. And then whenever you go to make a decision, uh, like James Clear says, every action you take is a vote for the person you're becoming is yeah. if I can see that person again that I've been talking about and seeing like, like I just said I was going to be a healthy person that's disciplined and that has these habits and feels like this and performs like this. Now, when I go to make a decision, if I can see that person again, I can ask myself, does this action a vote for that person or for the person I don't want to be? And it reframes everything for you. It makes a lot easier for you to make a more uh, powerful decision. Yeah, right on. That's a great book, Atomic Habits, uh, James Clear. Check it out, everyone. Um, yeah, really good book. Yeah. Another one I'm reading right now, it's called um, Become something about, I forget the exact title, Become Your Future Self Now or Be Your Future right. Self Now. Yeah. Um, really, really good book about like, hey, who is my future self? And like, how can I be like every day take actions toward becoming that person? So um, good. You know, similar to Stephen Covey, start with the end of mind, kind of reverse yeah. engineering that process. And I think that's, yeah, I mean, again, similar business, right? Like you can have someone that doesn't have a lot of business experience. Maybe they do really well or, you know, like have a great year and then like, you know, like lose all that money or give it away or end up squandering it because they just don't have the skills or the identity or the mindset um, to keep that, you know, the, the lottery mentality. Yeah. If you really want sustainable growth, it can't just be about the goal of I ah, I hit a 10K month or I lost 20 pounds or whatever that, that target is for you. It's got to be about the standards you're setting of who am I becoming? What am I doing on a daily basis? Because that's the lasting results that begin to compound. Yeah. What, what kind of goals do you have personally, like races or events or fitness shows or anything like that? Like, what do you do? Yeah. So I haven't, I haven't done any physical competitions lately. It's actually a great question. I've been stirring on this a lot and uh, figuring out like, what is something I could begin to push myself towards? Uh, we have a ton of challenges within our community that kind of scratch that competitive itch a little bit. Uh, and I do challenges with friends that's, you know, more input goal based, like you get points for following your diet or doing the workout. But I'm such an athlete in that, like playing college football, that was what motivated me to stay in shape that I've, I've teetered on, like maybe I'd, you know, start doing more CrossFit because I do a lot of that anyways, or maybe it's Spartan races, or there's another one called Hiro. So it's a good question. I don't have any physical competitions I'm training for currently. Uh, it's kind of just been training to be the best me, but I've had that itch for sure. Uh, at least on the physical side, there's always goals, but I, I definitely haven't had enough competition lately. Cool. Yeah. Same here. Like I do, uh, I do at least like a marathon every year and a couple other events. And when you have, I don't, I don't currently have anything on the calendar, but like when you do, it definitely just like, like running a marathon, for example, it's not, 
you know, the, the actual marathon to me is not that impressive. Sure. It's what you've done the four months prior to that. Like, you know, your diet, your training, your rest, your recovery, all that, or sure. even, you know, yes. some guys that are doing hundred mile ultras and things like mm-hmm. that. Like it's all impressive, but like you yeah. have to be disciplined. Like the amount of discipline that goes into that is, is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that's, that's more impressive. So I like to have those goals. I like to sign up for things. Like I'm not, you know, winning anything at this stage of my life, but yeah. just yeah. to sign up for those things to just hold myself accountable. It's yeah. like working towards something, you know? Yeah. And that, that's something we preach a lot too. And another amazing book along those lines of what we just talked about with, uh, Atomic Habits. And then the other one you talked about it becoming is, uh, Craig Rochelle's book, the power to change. He's actually a pastor as well, but he talks about trying versus training. Most people try to reach their goal or I try to lose weight or I try to get in shape or I try to lose 20 pounds. But the power happens is when I shift from trying to training because trying presupposes that I may not do it. But whenever <laughs> you are signing up for that marathon and you put your your money on the line and you set the date, like you don't tell people, hey, I'm trying to run a marathon. It's like, no, I'm training for the marathon because I've already committed to doing it. And yeah. so whether it is actually putting a calendar date and a competition, or if it's just the goals you have for life is I, I shifted my language where I never say trying anymore. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not trying to lose weight. It's like, I'm training for this next goal, or I'm training to be this person, or I'm an athlete. So I train like one. And so that, that powerful, whether it is you sign up or not, uh, that powerful language and perspective of assuming like, Hey, I already am that person. So I'm just training like it is way different than I'm trying to get somewhere. Dude, so funny you mentioned that. I actually used the word try this morning in a text to my buddy and I caught myself. I was like, that sounds so weak. So my buddy Eric is training for the Lake Placid Ironman in July. And uh, so he's been logging a lot of long workouts. And so I have my road bike. I haven't ridden my road bike in like a decade, but I got some new tubes and I tuned it up and everything. And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna, I was texting him this morning. I was like, yeah, I'm going to try to get out this weekend to get some, log some miles. <laughs> And like, as soon as I sent it, I'm like, that sounds so weak, like, you know, commit to it, you know, Um, because it gives you that out. And like several times throughout this, this whole conversation, Cole, like it's, it's clear to me that like, you're very intentional with the words that you use. Like, and that's, that's intentional. I'm sure it's so powerful though. Like we've got to like, you know, whether it's our identity or like using the word try, like the words that we use are so powerful, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I believe at least the Bible I read says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Like, and I've read a lot of scientific studies that back that up too. Of they I actually read one the other day where they took two groups of plants in the same greenhouse and they split the greenhouse in half. And they had half the plants where they had a group of people come in and daily speak like words of death and negativity over them. Like, you know, you're going to die. You're not healthy. You won't live. You're terrible. Like, you know, whatever it is. And they did the same thing on the other side, but the positive with those plants where it's like, you're beautiful, you're healthy, you're growing, you will produce fruit. And this, the study showed there was actually a dramatic difference in the growth rates and uh, health of those plants because of the the vocalization over them. And I, I, some of that may sound woo woo, like, uh, I don't know, like that's just kind of interesting to me. But when you think about it, like, you know, I, I was a former musician. And so I, as I was a pastor at a church, a lot of what I did was the music and there's a super like crazy thing that happens whenever we sing or whenever you play musical notes, how it affects the physical matter around you. Like if you've heard the, or seen the videos of a, a girl hitting a really high note and the glass breaks or, uh, you know, someone humming and like buzzes somewhere else. Like there's actual frequencies coming out of our mouths and the positive and negative words actually carry a different 
frequency level. It's, it's weird scientifically. I don't know enough about it, but as I've dug into that, like there's so much more power in the words we say than we think. It's not just like, Oh, I'll put you in a good mood or no, like it actually affects physical matter at a cellular level. And so, yes, wow. <laughs> the specific words that I say, I try to be very intentional because everything has power that you say. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's awesome. I mean, you guys listening and watching thought we we're going to talk about like, you know, meathead stuff like lifting weights and like smashing protein. That's all part of it. But yeah, like so much of it is about mindset. And, and dude, like, again, back to business, right? Like we mm-hmm. help our clients with, you know, mostly marketing and it's like people, companies want leads and they want more sales and appointments and all that. And it's like, okay, yeah. great. But let's dig in and ask some questions about like what's going on beneath the surface. And, you know, there's always like, you know, answering someone's question with a better question is, is like so powerful. So there's always like the surface level and then you got to go deeper. Like I said, like, I forget, I'm taking notes down here, but, um, oh, the roots, not just the fruits like that. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's why we're different than most health coaching companies is it's not just some meathead trainers and that knows no knock. I've been that person before that only knows the physical body and knows how to move and knows what to eat. Like we go much deeper than that. honestly, like physical is not even my focus. Like I, I spend most of my time on business and, and personal development. And we have a team of people that are much smarter than me that I'm not even allowed to coach our people anymore on the actual physical because they know more than me. <laughs> and our dietitians and nutritionists and trainers and the doctors that we help bring in to partner with us, like they know way more. That was, that was their master's degree and their doctorate. Right. Mine was in business and I spend most of my time studying you know, the mind and the, the internal human. And so all I had to say is that's what makes us different is not only do we understand much more than the physical bodies. We understand what it really takes for lasting change is fixing the internal because the outer world reflects the internal world. But second is we understand business owners because like I, that's me. Like I, I spent all my time building businesses, talking about businesses. I've done tons of consulting as well. I have a master's in business certified in operating systems. Like you're coming, you're, you're getting someone that's training you in your physical body that comes from a perspective of, I think and act and look just like you. And for the travel stuff too, like I, you know, we built our concierge service because of me. Like I, I travel every single week speaking at events. Like that's where I met you. Uh, I'm either speaking or networking at these masterminds or, you know, going to these events where we're, we have sponsor booths or something along those lines where we're getting in front of business owners. And I had to ask the same questions as like, one, what things would support me to stay consistent that would save me time and keep me on track. But two, what are the things that I figured out that are like mental hacks and shifts that have made me do this while still traveling. And so we've kind of distilled that into a process that allows them to have those same tools. Man, that's perfect. That's awesome. When you get tripped up, right? Like you're not perfect. Um, (laughs) You know, when you like, you know, I don't know if you don't feel like working out or you fall off your diet, like, you know, how do you get back on track? What what does Cole do? Well, and I think I, I love that you asked that because there's a lot of, especially in the personal development coaching space, people that preach, I never miss. Like, you know, if you miss, you have no discipline. And I'm like, well, you're just like, one, either you're a liar or two, you don't live a life. Like you don't have a family. You don't have people you care about. There's not things that you are more important to you than your discipline. Like there's times in life where it's like, yeah, I'm going to stay up a little later because my family's in town and I want to make the most of that time or, or I'm choosing to travel and sacrifice these routines because there's other things I care about, you know, or whatever that is. And so I hate that people preach like, I haven't missed this in 10 years. I go, I get up at 4 a.m. every day and I'm like, wow, your family, I'm sure would must love you. Like <laughs> you've never had any, like, I'm sure they love living with you. You seem real fun. Uh, and so 
that I think that's it's important to understand that like real life is not perfect and it's always progress over perfection. But for me, when I make those times when they are those slides, like there's a couple things I need. Like one, I need people around me, and this is why I've surrounded myself with people that carry that same identity or those same traits is that will see that and start to call that out of me. Like, Hey bro, I know you're better than this. Come on. Let's like, let's get back on this. Like one, I need that. But two, I need a structure to follow that I can commit to. And so there's times where like I get in that, I start to get in the encouragement and I have to go reach back out to the structure and accountability I have. But the hardest part is making that bridge, which is where, you know, people tend to fall. It's like, ah, I don't know if I want to make that. And so you've got to, for me, find a way to dig back to the why and and understand like, why am I doing this in the first place? Like, what can I latch on to that's going to really push me over the edge? And the biggest thing for me typically is the asking myself, what is the alternative? Like looking down the road is like, hey, what if I allow this to continue for three more months? Like, how am I going to look? How am I going to feel? Am I going to be pissed at myself? What is it? And like allowing that pain to grow. Because a lot of times the reason we don't change is because we don't feel enough pain and the pain to change is it hurts more than it is to just keep doing what we're doing. And so to accelerate that, you have to look forward down the road and say six months from now, a year from now, what would life be like if I stayed in this place or if I kept moving in this backwards direction? And usually for me, between those three things of, hey, I've got people calling out of me and then trying to encourage me and bring them along. Two, I've got an option for a structure that I can jump into and get that accountability again. And then three, mentally taking myself forward and saying, hey, do I want to be that person? Do I want to be the guy that hates my body because I did this for six more months? Do I want to be the guy that didn't feel good about himself and wishes I wouldn't have done this? Or do I want to make the change now? And usually that's enough to kind of pull you out and get the first step going. And then it's just about, you know, trotting forward until the momentum picks up. Man, that's awesome. I love that third one of like projecting three or six months out. Cause it's so easy to say like, yeah, you know, I'll start my diet on Monday, right? Like what's one more day? What's one more weekend? But yeah, extrapolating that the next three or six months, like that's, uh, man, that's powerful. That's why I love the the book Atomic Habits because it talks so much about those little things over time. But same thing with the book Compound Effect. It's a Darren Hardy book of how those 1% should stack. And a lot of times we think our change has to be this massive shift of like, okay, I got to get recommitted and I got to start this diet. And it's like, no, like that helps. Sure. If you could stick to it, but really the massive change is going to become in the minute movements. It's the small things. And so if I could just commit to something and I do that every day, that compounds dramatically over time. And usually once you can convince, like once you've stretched that or extrapolated that time and you feel that pain and then you remember like, Hey, just small changes lead to big results. How can I just take a small step? And that's where the momentum comes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Compound effect is probably like top 10 for me all time. Um, I assume, I'm guessing you may have read The Slight Edge. Mm -hmm. It's another good one. That might be my top favorite book of all time. Like, cause it applies to anything and like anything, right? This stuff, business, relationships, whatever. And it's like those small things that may, that may not seem to make a difference today, you know, if you, if you take that curve out three to six months, like it either goes up or it's going down, you know? So, um, I love that. Cool. So, oh, you're going to say something? No, no. I, I was just going to add one more piece of that. Um, another quote from uh, pastor Greg Rochelle is he says that small things that no one sees lead to the big things that everyone wants. And we usually, oh, man. we usually think it's these massive changes like, Hey, I'm successful in business because I did this and I got in front of all these people. And I, you know, I went on this 
you know, 21 day, no sleep thing. You know, it's some massive grandeur thing, but it's not, it's the small things that no one saw the daily compounding of consistent effects that led to the big things that everybody wanted. It's the same thing in your body too. It's not some like I ran an Ironman and that's why I'm the most in shape person. It's like, honestly, no, like the people that I know that look and perform the best, it's because of the small compounding habits over time, not because they just crushed it once. Yeah. Yeah. You hear, um, Alex Ramosi talks about that. Like, you know, he goes to the gym now and he's like, he's like, I don't really have to like work out like a savage because I've been doing it for 17 years. Right. And that, that makes a lot of sense, man. I love that quote. I'm a huge, uh, Craig Rochelle fan. I listen to a lot of his stuff. Uh, I haven't heard that one, but that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, he's, he's incredible. He is man. Uh, he's pretty Jack too. Like he's freaking, he's that's like, in his I, 50s. that's why I'm a big fan of his because it's, you know, a lot of alignment and passions there where he's in incredible shape. Uh, he's a great business leader too. And his podcast is very much about leadership and business principles. And, you know, if you're listening to this, you're like, what's a pastor know about business? Well, he actually runs a massive organization that has 35 campuses or different church buildings across the country, uh, thousands of employees. And that's just the nonprofit side. They also have a tons of real estate they do. They have a massive app that has half a billion users. Like he runs a massive ship that any business owner that knows their stuff would respect. And so for him to have business knowledge and leadership knowledge, be incredible shape, be a great father and husband, but then also uh, be a man of faith and live with that integrity. Like he's a guy that like, whatever you say, like I'm going to put weight on because that's the standard you hold. There you go. I love that. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Awesome stuff. Um, cool, Cole. I appreciate it. Let's wrap up. Um, I want to get into, if you have time for a quick lightning yeah. round of questions, have some fun. But before that, how can people learn more about what you do, get in touch with you, get your help, all that sort of stuff? Yeah. Best place to connect is social media, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, whatever is your jam, LinkedIn, uh, Cole David Taylor. It's my first middle and last name. Uh, the best place to connect. Uh, if you want a bunch of free resources, um, connect with me on Facebook and I can get you into our free Facebook community. I do trainings in there live every week. Uh, there's a free ebook that I, I give away to all of our members that tells you exactly how to set up your workouts, your nutrition, how to get testing done that you can do it yourself. Um, so best place to connect would be just at Cole David Taylor on any of your social media platforms, or you can just check us out at the starting line.fit. Um, that'll give you a little more information as well. So great places to connect. Yeah, sweet. I'm a big fanboy. Uh, Cole puts out a ton of really good, really good content on all the platforms. So uh, definitely connect. You're going to be better off for it. So, man, I appreciate you sharing. Yeah, let's jump into a quick lightning round of uh, of questions. Just kind of have some fun. The first one here is: <laughs> if you were a, if you could be any kitchen appliance, what would you be and why? <laughs> okay. Uh, if I could be a kitchen appliance, what would I be and why? I would be an ice cream scoop because I get to, all I got to do is eat ice cream every day. Like that's, that's a win. If I could be an ice cream scoop and I could swim in ice cream, I'm in. <laughs> how, all right. So this wasn't on my list, but how freak, how many times like a month or a year do you have ice cream? Um, depends on the season. It's more frequent in times where I'm not trying to lose body fat or it's less frequent in times where I'm not trying to lose body fat. But, uh, right now it's probably once, once every two weeks. Um, I, I, but here's the deal is I can, I just choose, don't choose not to, because it's a, it's a trade off of if I eat this ice cream, I have to eat less of other things. And I'm going to be more hungry. And so I, I, you know, kind of sacrifice, but, uh, usually I would say at least man, once every two weeks, once a week during the year I'm eating ice cream. Uh, I would eat it almost every day if I could. <laughs> it's a little counterintuitive yeah. to my goals though. Nice. Well, he's human. He's human, everyone. All right. Um, so we talked a lot of, uh, about a lot of books so far. What, what book are you currently reading? 
Yeah. So uh, I just started this book that I was just telling you about, or not just started, I'm halfway through it, The Power to Change, Craig Rochelle's book. And so the even the quotes I said of uh, you know training versus trying and the small things that nobody sees, the, it's the big things that everybody wants, like those come right out of that. I think I'm three-fourths of the way done and uh, already a massive fan. It's changed a lot for me. So The Power to Change. All right. I'll uh, pick it up. I know he's got like a, a lot of books. So um, mm-hmm. I'll look for that one. What is your, what's your current morning routine? I'm a big uh, morning routine geek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I break life down into four domains. Um, I have friends that call it focus family, fitness, and finance or faith, family, fitness, and finance. We've actually just kind of changed it to call it mind, muscle, marriage, and money. Uh, whatever you're calling it, it's internal man, body, relationships, and business. And so I actually have two habits that I do for each of those every day. Uh, for my mind, uh, I have mindset and memoirs, which is basically I'm, I'm taking three to five minutes and setting my mind, either listening to an encouraging thing or focusing on gratitude or journaling, visualization, something to set my mind. And the memoirs is taking a minute or two to journal about that, uh, whether it's like, I'm going to, here's how I'm going to apply this today, or here's something that stood out to me as I was listening to this podcast, like taking time to set my mind and write it down. Uh, so that's the first one for mind. And then muscle as I start the day with some sort of movement, whether it's my full workout or if I'm just going for a quick walk, if I'm going to work out later, or if I don't have a workout that day, starting with movement. And then what we call our morning mix, which is a greens drink. Uh, we've just kind of, we're about to release this to our clients and give them our new supplement line. But I take some sort of greens and reds and vitamin mix. Um, so mind is mindset and memoirs. Uh, muscle is our movement and mix, the morning mix. Uh, and then for marriage, uh, it's what we call love deposits. So I pick two people and I either send them a text uh, send them a voice note, give them a call, write a note, give them a hug, something to just to pour into two people. Uh, and then lastly, for business or for money, uh, it's similar to mindset and memoirs. It's money set and memoirs of where I'm going to take a few minutes and I'm going to grow my business knowledge, grow my leadership, listen to a podcast, read a book, something. And then I'm going to write down how I'm going to apply that as well. And so taking two habits in all four areas and that's how I start my morning. And it can be 20 to 30 minutes. It could be really short. It could be longer if I have more time. It just depends on you know what that looks like. I have other things I do too, like reading scripture or praying. Uh, but those are kind of my like core structure that I follow is those eight habits within those four domains. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That uh, reminds me of, I think Garrett J. White like had something similar. Was that derived from? Okay. Yeah, very similar. So I've actually know Garrett, not super well, but a lot, a couple of my mentors were warrior guys and have similar frameworks. And so it's a, uh, a derivative, uh, like you said, a derivative of that. Very similar. Yeah, man. I love that. Um, I wrote that down. So I'm going to adopt some of that. What are you doing on a free Saturday? Got no work. The tours are done. You got the day to yourself. Yeah. One of two things. If I'm at home, um, I will, there's always some sort of movement. Like I, I just enjoy starting that day. Usually Saturdays for me are like a longer workout where you can take your time. It's not like I'm not in and out because I got stuff to do. Uh, so I like doing that. And with friends, it's a great place for me to connect with people. So I have a buddy or two where we'll go work out and just hang out and talk and go eat. And then the rest of the day it's, it's rest, enjoy, uh, maybe go to dinner with family, hang out with my niece and nephews, play ping pong, <laughs> something along those lines. Uh, so things that are restful, recovering, um, and and fill my cup. That would be if I'm at home. If not, I would love to be at the lake, uh, <laughs> on the boat, uh, skiing, uh, wakeboarding, jet skiing, um, whatever I can do to just get some sun and water. Um, so those would be my, my two choices. Awesome, man. Sounds perfect. Well, that's all I got, Cole. I appreciate spending the time uh, to pour into our audience. Like This is awesome. So thank you so much. 
Yeah, it was an honor to be here. Hope it was encouraging to everybody. All right. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon, man. 